0: My name is Summer, and my name is Nicole, and we are Financial Advisors. This is the He's Gone, but the Money's Not podcast. We have worked with many widows during our careers. Although we are not widows, we see the need for solid financial education before and after losing a spouse. We do this by telling stories from widows and our own lives. All right. Welcome to the He's Gone, But the Money's Not podcast. Today, we have a special guest. Becky Walsh is joining us, and I'm going to let Becky introduce herself.
1: Hello. I'm Becky Walsh, and I'm the founder of Oak Maple Finance, and I'm a financial planner. in, uh, And I've been in this profession for over 15 years working with families to help them build and find joy in lives that they love. And um, I'm excited to talk about some of the clients I've worked with who he's gone, but the bunny's not. And uh, looking forward to this conversation, Nicole.
0: Great. Where in the country are you at?
1: I'm in uh, Burlington, Vermont.
0: Great. Across the country. We're in Utah. So all the way <laughs> get two different perspectives across the country. Very um, nice. So tell us why you decided to be a financial planner. I decided
1: to be a financial planner when I realized there was a lot to know about personal finance and not a lot of guides out there ready to help me navigate. So I was in my early 20s and was looking for someone to help me make good decisions, and I couldn't find that guide. And so I said, you know, there must be a profession where this guide is available. And I found the profession of financial planning. And I've had the great privilege of working with over 100 families over the last many years to be their guide.
0: That's great. Uh, What certifications do you have or license?
1: I'm a certified financial planner um, and I also am um, a money quotient planner as well. That's a certification for life planning.
0: Oh, interesting. Um, Tell us a little bit more about that one because that's not as a common... Yeah, so um,
1: Money Quotient is a, I I guess I'm technically a Money Quotient partner. It's not so much a designation, but um, as a Money Quotient partner, I have learned a lot about the psychology of money and ways to help people work through a lot of the extra layers of complicatedness that happen with money to get to the point of behavior change. Because a lot of our work as financial planners, Nicole, is uh, behavior change. And so Money Quotient offers the tools and processes to help first uncover what's in the way of change and then um, proceed forward to build the lives that people are looking to build.
0: Great. Well, that's super interesting. Maybe you can share a little bit of how you've helped with behavior changes. You've worked with different widows. So tell us some of your experiences and what you've seen. Yeah.
1: So um, I'm going to use the name uh, Patricia or Patty as my client. Um, So she grew up, she was born in the forties, but grew up with the 1950s perspective of, um, of households. And so, and, and she came to me with her husband as he started losing his interest in finances and his actually cognitive ability to manage their family finances. And so Patty and Bill came to us saying, hey, Patty's, he's going to be gone, but the money's not. I, I just love the title of your podcast so much um, that he's, he's not going to be able to manage this. So Patty who is a really bright woman, but just doesn't have the experience of dealing with money, is suddenly in her seventies taking on this huge new responsibility. And yeah, so, what
0: happened with Bill that he was unable to do manage it anymore?
1: So, through their accountant, they found me. So their their accountant said, "You need to talk to Becky." Um, because Bill's, you know, he he has done a great job of self-managing his investments for the last 30 to 40 years. Yeah, I, and it, I, I get really wrapped up in the interestingness of how their lives overlap with history. So he's been managing their finances starting with, they started paying attention when in, um, inflation was really high in the late 70s, early 80s. And he took their family through the eighties, nineties, dot com burst, financial crisis. He managed to get them through all of these really big financial challenges, and they still have they have this really nice nest egg. That um, so what? So so he managed through all of that, but he's realizing. I'm not going to be able to manage forever. And mm-hmm. Patty is going to need someone to help her with the
0: finances after I'm gone. Yeah. because so there a it that he was suffering from or anything? Just getting older and not losing it? Just
1: it. getting older, mostly normal cognitive decline of getting older. A, a little bit early, a little bit younger than often happens, but. Yeah. 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 When I started working with Bill and Patty, Bill knew he like he knew exactly how they should be investing. And he knew exactly what to do when the market dipped and buy the dip he told me. and And, you know, he wanted to engage a lot. But I actually saw over a few years of working together, I saw his disengagement and disinclined to, follow through on investments and um, really pay attention to the portfolio, but then also at the same time, having a hard time letting go of this work that he's done and work that he did very well. It's a new, it's a new retirement phase. It's, you know, they retired, they retired in the um, mid 2000s. So like around 2005 and but this is a new retirement of because this has been what he has stayed intellectually engaged with for the la- for ten to fifteen years. This has been his project. Um, so he so I was working with Patty and Bill to all right, very very carefully respecting Bill's dignity. You know, Bill, Bill has so much. He has done so much so well. But I see, as a financial planner, I'm looking into the future. I'm looking around corners, and I'm a soft landing space for clients. And as I'm looking around those corners, I'm thinking, okay, Bill, we really need to get this to be Patty's project now, because Bill's not going to be able to do this project. Well, Patty's not interested in investments. A, she grew up being taught that girls aren't good at math. She grew up... When she, whether this is true of Patty or not, I make this up. But people Patty's age when they were being courted and took to restaurants, the menus didn't have prices for the women. The menus only had prices for the men. So, like, money decisions are not something that were in her neuro, her neuro, neurological makeup from an early age. That's something other people dealt with. But then also she's just not interested in investments. And I get that. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm interested in investments. Mm -hmm. But there are people who just aren't interested. So what we were navigating in those early years of working together is how to get Bill to step away from this job that he's done very well for 40 years while respecting his dignity while he is decline, experiencing cognitive decline and a lack of interest and working with Patty to convince her that she is capable, she is able to make decisions or delegate wisely, and she is, it's figure outable you know, because she has a lot of anxiety as well. She knows, so she went to college in the late 60s, right? So she's she's, she lived through this massive cultural shift of, okay, girls can do things. That's really cool. You know, women can do things. Women can be professionals. Women can, and she's got, she's got this mindset, right? Where she's like, all right, I got this. But when it comes time to actually apply that to a realm that she's not really interested in, that he has made so many good decisions. So Patty's got the capacity to do this. She's, on the ball but she's learning a new skill in her 70s and it's a cognitively intense skill that has huge emotional layers in it that we're working so it's it's almost as if bill and patty are two completely different clients because what we're trying to accomplish with them are so completely different
0: yeah yeah and
1: respecting that relationship in the meantime (laughs) Working with them, we did get to this point where, okay, Bill trusts this, he probably sees me as a young girl to help Patty make the wise decisions going forward. His hands are off the wheel for the most part. And then in the summer of 2019, as we saw coming, Bill passed away and we knew that that was, we knew that was coming. We knew that Patty was going to be the only person who could have their hands on the wheel um, in this relationship because it was just, it it was part of life. Right. And so some of the questions you sent me ahead, got me thinking about what is it that Bill and Patty did that helped them out prior to Bill's death what Patty learned during the administration of Bill's estate, um, and then the things that i I think looking back what we would do differently to help support Patty better um, with this process. So uh, do you have any questions at this point?
0: No, this is great. Yeah. Keep going with your story.
1: All right. So, I have to say that probably one of the things that Patty's appreciative that they did before Bill's death was hired a financial planner while Bill was still engaged with the finances. So um, that allowed a smoother transition, giving Patty the support to learn these financial decision-making skills while still having Bill's knowledge and history to support her in making those transitions into skills.
0: Um, Do you know, like, did they talk much about finances or did he handle everything in the past? Like, they didn't even discuss- He handled
1: all the investments. They would be, he would, you know, mention things to her, but it was not a joint decision-making by any means. It was, I did this, I did that. And it was, yes, dear, thank you, you did great. (laughs) You know, it was not a, it was not- a engaged process. It was not a lengthy discussion of asset classes or risk tolerance or any of the things that you and I talk with clients about all the time. Um, but she, they were both involved with tax preparation with their CPA, and so it, so before hiring me, they hired a CPA because the. Tax prep is the first thing that Bill's like. All right, this is getting to be too complicated. In part because the tax code is a complicated mess and gets more complicated every year. In part because that it was just it was too much for him to do. He was ready to let go. So, um, so both Bill and Patty were involved with the CPA. Um, and tax prep. And Patty did the family bookkeeping. So it's not that she was completely hands-off. I do remember one meeting with a couple years and years and years ago where I was really trying to engage the wife in the meeting, really trying to get her to pay attention to finances, and she wasn't paying attention. And, And I said, you know, it's really important that both of you understand what's going on because what happens when he dies or if he if he predeceases you what are you going to do and she leaned across the table and she said well that's when i'll call you dear and so (laughs) i this is not patty patty was someone who like okay i'm interested in knowing tell me the stuff tell me enough that i know the stuff um and not (laughs) completely hands off she did the family bookkeeping she was engaged in accounting. It's just the investments weren't super interesting to her.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll just input here that meeting with clients, it's so important that both people come to the meetings. And but so often the, usually the man is the primary decision maker about the investments. And so the wife says, Oh, I can't make it this week to the meeting with the advisor. You just go, but it's so important to have both people there. So they can both learn and be involved in the decision making for the household.
1: It it is, and especially so. Some of my clients, there's a big age difference between the husband and wife, with generally the husband much older, um, much older, eight to twelve years older. But he is likely going to predecease her in part because of his his uh, age, and in part because he's a man. And so it is very important for women to find that advocate who they're really comfortable talking about finances with. And I think a gift that we have to give Nicole is we're pretty approachable as other women to
0: really?
1: pull in our clients in a way that um, they might not otherwise be interested in engaging. But it it is holding the space for both clients to be exploring their fears together but their fears are very different and so um just giving the the wife an opportunity to feel seen and supported so that when it becomes her responsibility to fully take on the finances she can feel successful
0: and yeah so important very yeah yeah so how did Patty do with taking over the finances after Bill's death?
1: <laughs> so Patty was, because she had done the family bookkeeping, some of the finances came really naturally to her. And she's she's like, all right, I know what to do with tax prep. I know I need to pay taxes. I've, I've got these things figured out. Um, I, all right, estate administration, that's tough. It's a slog. We'll get through it. Um, it's in settling in a state, you just it need it can be a very long process, as you know, Nicole. And it, in that long process, keeping the ball moving requires diligence and awareness and energy and all of these things that a new widow probably doesn't really want to create that energy for. She yeah. created that energy. She created the space. It took a couple of years. So this is where the where we could have done things a little bit differently, there was two tiny assets that did that had to pass through probate rather than her trust, their trust. And so um that that was more of an annoyance than an actual problem. But what we could have done differently financially with the estate, ahead of time is just make sure that everything was ready to pass through the trust because they went through the trouble of creating the trust. Let's get it fully funded. Let's not have these, um, let's not have these lingering assets.
0: Now, can you tell us what assets? Cause that's common that small assets get left out. What should people Yeah. Do?
1: So there were, um, so, you know, there's, there are these accounts right at, say at a big custodian where there are lots of different funds in it. But then there are a lot of our clients in this age group, they have one stock holding of this one company at e-trade and one stock holding of this other company on this other smaller platform. And it's it's those little satellite things. And each state has different probate rules in Vermont, a small estate, is tiny. You have to open probate no matter the, Or, it, but it was maybe $1,500 in a single stock in this platform that's meant for trading single stocks rather than a custodial account where you have a lot of different funds and stocks underneath it. Yes.
0: Yeah. And and not great online access on those older accounts, right? And right. If it's an older account they forgot to update on their trust. That's yeah, that's we see that commonly. Yeah, absolutely. It's or something.
1: It's and another thing is um older vehicles maybe titled just in one spouse's name, not both spouses' name, like, oh well, we'll be done with that car before he dies. Or not. You might not be, you know, so, yeah. so DMV related things. And I know that's another thing that varies state to state and Vermont's not the um, easiest state <laughs> with regard to administering this, that.
0: Yeah. It's important to find an attorney or somebody in your own state and get your um, estate set up correctly and get everything into your trust and you know, all those issues and make sure everything's in both names. Right. Right. To so avoid those messes. <laughs> And make sure you keep track of all your accounts, even the old ones. I think it's very common, like, uh, you know, spouse got stock from his company and it was just always in his own name. And it might be even a small amount. And so they just include it in the trust. But then it's a pain to claim later.
1: It's a pain for the client at a time when they don't have the energy and the focus and the follow through because they are in the very complicated process of mourning. It's... So it'd be, yeah, that's that's the piece that um, we wish we could have done differently for this client, but that, that was a lesson that we uh, learned. And uh, again, he died in the summer of 2019. And so the process of a state settlement in that we were talking about how the tech problems that we were having as we were trying to set up this uh, podcast interview were really common in March or in April of 2020. Well, this is the same timeline when we're trying to figure out this estate, get this estate settled. And so, um, yeah, it'd just be easier to not have dealt with those. Yeah. So we get through all of that. We get through the settling of the estate. And suddenly she's like, okay, well, we got, we got through all of that. All right. Now I need to be responsible with our investments. So there wasn't a lot of thought about investment on her part. It was a that's when I'll call you dear type of relationship of it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Investments only go up, even though we all know that they don't. But, you know, in this time that we've worked together, investments have gone up and, you know, there was some turbulence in 2018, but in general, things have gone up market crashes in 2020, but she's still in the thick of a state administration and not um, not really paying attention. 2022 comes along and she's like, oh, investments don't only go up. Ah, I should know more about this. And so now she's in the process that is often a process we go through with clients in the first two years of working together of, all right, let's talk about investment strategy. Let's talk about approaches to investments. But she just wasn't interested or engaged because, again, we had that multiple relationship going on of working with him to get his, to to get confident in us, working with her to help her know that she can come to us for support. But there was not it, it wasn't the space and time to go through this very normal early client stuff of investor education and portfolio strategy in a way that she felt confident. And so she just start, started waking up to her responsibilities of being aware of the portfolio at a time when that could feel really scary.
0: Because the market was
1: down. Because the market was. Yeah, I'm sorry. A lot of a lot of presuppositions of what people know there, but yes, because in 2022, with the market's volatility, the market coming down, it was a oh, markets don't just go up. All right, let's let's learn about portfolio strategy now in a way that we hadn't in the past. So I I do think you know in my crystal ball, because we all have one as investment managers. Um, mm-hmm. I do see that in the next couple of years, she's going to feel a lot more confident about portfolio strategy and making the decisions around that.
0: Yeah. Is there anything women can do to help them feel more confident when they take over investments like this? Like, hey, you got thrown in, your spouse died. Because it is a big task to take on, to especially if you inherited from your spouse some life insurance and a lot of other money. And now you're all of a sudden you're managing it. Million or more portfolio.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, so I think women in general, there are books and books written about our confidence level and what we can do to, you know, feel. We just tend to be less confident, and that has some real benefits to it. It leads us to take less risks, which can be good for portfolios. But confidence in decision making really comes from remembering times that you've made decisions that have gone well, gathering whatever information is available to you, and then knowing for the most part, the decisions that you're making aren't permanent. So for women who have planners at their side, their planners aren't going to make them or let them make an enormous decision. That's irreversible. Right. So we hope, hope. (laughs) right. That's not guaranteed, Um, but we, we do hope that the planners will be between the women and a big mistake. So a decision might require some retooling if it doesn't work if it doesn't work out as planned but the I I find that one way to help women feel more confident in making decisions is that their decisions are not starting a ball rolling down a hill that can never stop it's more of a just little turn here little turn there um not big sweeping changes, and so it's okay to make mistakes. You've made a lot of great decisions in your life as well. This is just another realm of decision making. It's absolutely complex. You've dealt with complex things before. You've made good decisions with complex issues before. You can make good decisions again, and it's okay to make mistakes, and let's talk through what that mistake might look like.
0: Um, was there anything that changed in your relationship with Patty? Like, could, did your relationship change a lot after Bill's death, or did or like, how you worked with her?
1: I would say the what changed was she started enjoying life a little bit more and not being afraid to spend on herself. That's and interesting. So it was it so what changed was her confidence that things would be okay. And it was an um loosening of her grip on the steering wheel is what changed. Um because the decline with Bill was more gradual than abrupt, there was not an abrupt change that happened. It was a um process of change over the period of years
0: great was there anything else that you learned working with bill and patty that you would have changed or done differently um
1: i probably would have done a little bit tried to work in a little bit more investor education earlier on with patty Um, because now that she's engaged, she can't bounce it off of Bill and be like, does this, does what she said make sense? You know, so she's, she doesn't have that resource outside of our relationship to, um, to instill that confidence in her. Um, so uh, the CPA uh, has actually been a pretty good resource there, but, um, yeah, I think I think I would have engaged a little bit differently and will in the future engage differently with women as they're preparing to take over the wheel in terms of clarifying their path a little bit more for them. Like, here are the things that you will have to learn over the next five years, um, not just paying attention to taxes and trusting your advisor, but here I would just lay out what the path would look like a little bit. Clearer.
0: It's It's often hard as a financial advisor. I feel like it's easier to just speak to the higher educated person's level because they're often the decision maker. And so you often just speak to them. And when really, yeah, as financial advisors, my efforts have really been to focus on the person with maybe a little bit lower education and bringing them up to speed in case of something happening or a death or that they can be involved in the decisions as well. Yeah. yes. It's women. and and women need to make the effort to be involved and ask questions and say what they don't know.
1: and i I do see that a lot is the it's uncomfortable to say what you do not know in front of your spouse. Mm-hmm. so i I have actually had several clients where I've invited her to come in alone. but you you talked about how it's important to have both of them there. Sometimes it's actually also important to have only one of them in the meeting and have it be the lesser educated, lesser financially educated, lesser financially literate client come alone so that she can very freely talk about what's hard for her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, is there anything else that you think that women should be aware of as they work with a financial advisor? Be aware of, that was the piece that I
1: um, didn't pick up on. So, yeah, um, <laughs> of course, I'm going to say they should be working with a fiduciary financial planner who is um, looking out for their best interests, um, who's a registered investment advisor. Um, and I, I'm saying that I met you at a NAPFA conference, Nicole, so I'm making the assumption that you're a fiduciary advisor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> NAFTA, just for our listeners, is a fee only. Um, group of advisors when we went to a conference. That's how I met Becky. Yes, (laughs) thanks for filling in there. Um,
1: Yeah, so uh, definitely women should be aware of how their planner is getting compensated so that they can have confidence that their planner is working directly for them um, and not looking to sell them products that maybe they don't need. Uh, And then also they should know that We've seen a lot of things. As I mentioned, I've worked with over a hundred households. We, whatever their thing is, even if we haven't seen it, we've probably seen something like it. And whether that thing is a complicated financial matter or a complicated emotional matter, it's something that we're here for. And we're here to hold them and help them through so that they can feel successful in managing their uh, their investments, and they can feel supported in that.
0: Great, yeah, and so many people could confidently manage their investments on their own. Like you mentioned with Bill, he did that for many years. I it just it's so overwhelming all of the information out there. To have a partner to help you, especially prepare for the death of a spouse or after the death of a spouse, just cause you lost that partner. So to have a financial partner who you trust. So it sounds like Becky, that you had lots of long conversations and you didn't just talk about the money. You talked about behaviors, right. With Bill and Patty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's so important to find someone you feel comfortable with to talk to yeah, through yeah. not just the money things, but why do you make these decisions or what the behaviors might be of why you are scared to invest or yeah. not spending money or spending too much money.
1: And and knowing that that person's going to be there as your coach and as your champion, as you create the life that you want, someone who will coach you to make the decisions, who someone who will cheer you on as you do the scary thing, whether that scary thing is filing probate estates or, you know, going on a big trip, um, having that coach to coach you through the decision making and the champion who's going to cheer you on, Um super important. And I, I just feel so honored that we get to do this. Like anytime I talk about what we actually do, I'm just amazed at what a cool profession we have and how lucky we are to do it.
0: Yes. Yeah, so and get to meet so many cool and interesting people and help them reach their goals and yeah. do great things with their lives. Yeah, it's great. It's well, and I
1: love that you're focusing on working with a group of people who they, they need us most of all. And um, they're really awesome women, really have seen amazing things, have amazing stories to tell. And you and I have benefited from the work that they did in the 60s and 70s and 80s to make it possible for us to have professional careers and just have it be a pretty normal thing for us. So it's very cool that you get to give back to them um, after they've given us so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Is there anything else you'd like to add or talk about in your experiences?
1: I could talk for hours and hours and hours, but there's nothing else in particular at this point. Well,
0: that's why I have a podcast. So now I can't talk, for, you hours, can talk hours. for hours and
1: hours and hours. And
0: hours. <laughs> yeah. Nothing well, I we really appreciate you sharing um, some of your expertise and your experiences working with women. And I think the call to action I like to give women listening to this is um, to find an advisor that you can really relate to and have good conversations with, and that can be like Becky said, your champion. Because I, so many widows have mentioned finding a good financial advisor made all the difference in their financial journey. Sorry, my voice is cracking a little bit. Um, so we appreciate you sharing with us today, Becky. Thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It was so much fun. Thank you, Nicole, and thank you, Summer
0: thank you for listening to our podcast. If you want to know more about us and what we do, visit our website, rockhousefinancial.com. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Rockhouse Financial is an SEC registered investment advisor, and the opinions expressed on this show do not reflect the opinions of Rockhouse Financial or any other sponsors of the podcast. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.